Welcome to YRF, your Real Frequency Podcast. My name is Evan Moore, and I'm honored you're spending this time with me and my guest. Please like and subscribe and share with as many people as you can. If you'd like to reach out to me personally, please contact me at yrfco.com. That's yrfco.com. You know, every so often you come across a young person, in this case, it's Tyler Eden, and you realize everything you think about this generation is skewed. This episode's for everybody. It's for the young, it's for the old, for the middle-aged. And that's because we all have contact with someone in their 20s, whether it be a son or a daughter, someone that works for us, our target market, whether it's a customer or a potential client, um, or, you know, even our boss at this point. But the fact is that these people are coming. They're smart, they're capable, and they're about to have a major impact on the world we live in today and our future. So my guest shares his experience with a traumatic brain injury. And it's so important to really key into the difficulties that came with it and then the winning and silver lining after it. Gives us great perspective on how this generation deals with strife and overcoming hurdles that could, in fact, derail them for the rest of their lives. This one was pretty major. Um, his story is incredible. I, I, Tyler embodies everything Real Frequency stands for, which is really tuning into your intrinsic value and then leveraging the hell out of it. So whatever you think about this generation, just for a moment, please put it aside and enjoy my conversation with Tyler Eden. I was looking to run away. You got a pretty gnarly scar on the back of your head. Ah, yeah. That is my... That is my favorite, actually. That is, I absolutely love that. Every time I get a haircut, oh, you want me to cover it up? I can, I can fade into it and cover it up. And I say, no, I just, I like it. Yeah. Um, People ask you about it. When you see someone with a, a scar like 13 inches long, there's usually something else that you can kind of tell. Whatever caused that scar has caused something else, right? So, I have lack of attention, something, something visible, and there's really nothing. I have not had a whole lot of repercussions from the accident that caused it so people are definitely surprised they ask about it are you forthcoming right off the bat oh yeah man i love i love talking about it well run me through what happened uh august 26th 2011 i was at a friend's house i was 13 years old he has two houses on his property one at the top and then you go down a probably good half mile driveway down to a beach house and we needed a ride from his the house at the top of his property down to the beach house. His mom came by with a full car because it was full. Like, we couldn't ride in seats or anything. We were 13. We trusted the adult, and she just told us, hey, stand on the bumper. And it was like a Suburban-type vehicle, so like a Chevy Suburban. It had the Thule rails on top, so we would just stand on the bumper and hold on to the Thule rails. And it was me on the right side, my friend on the left side, and my little brother in the middle. And in the middle, on that back bumper it's lower than the side. So he couldn't quite reach the Thule rails and get a great grip. And we were going down nice and slow at the start and everything was fine. We had done it before again, you know, trusting the adult and she started swerving the car, shaking it back and forth, kind of as a joke, I would assume. And I don't remember from, from now on, I really don't remember a whole lot. This is all just what has been told to me. Sure. But she started swerving the car and she punched the gas to about 25, 30 miles an hour and my brother flew off because he didn't have grip. I let go of the two rails and grabbed his head, kind of tucked it into my chest so that he wouldn't get hurt. I ended up taking a blow. He was fine. He had a road rash a little bit on his on his hip. It was about circle three inch diameter, some or uh, something like that. I ended up fully unconscious, knocked out, two skull fractures, and my knee, my left knee was completely skinned. My left shoulder was completely skinned. And instead of calling the an ambulance, right, so I'm laying there, I'm unconscious. My brother's freaking out. Um, she stops the car, and I'm laying there, obviously unconscious. They don't call an ambulance. The mom loads me back up into a car, which ends up almost, almost breaking my neck, hmm. and uh, takes me down to the beach house to try and clean me up, and had... Um, her son called my mom and said, hey, you know, Tyler and Shay uh, have some bruises and scratches, and we're going to take him to the ER really quick. And my mom hears us screaming in the background. I, I apparently, like I said, I don't remember all of this, but this is just my brother's recollection of it because he was actually awake. And right, it has he, what comes with a traumatic brain injury. Yeah, and sure. so we were just screaming, and, I mean, I was a bloody mess. My shirt was, like, ripped off my body, and like, I was just, it was, I was toast. And um, so they ended up taking me into the uh, – 
the emergency room at Highline. Mm-hmm. They were like, this kid is – he's messed up. So they put me in a neck brace. I was I was vomiting everywhere. I just – I couldn't see straight. Uh, they put me in an ambulance to take me to Harborview. Shout out Harborview. I love them. Okay. <laughs> Harborview really, in the house? Yeah, right. they, they did really well. <laughs> they you know put me in a neck brace, put me in the ambulance. I end up – I stopped breathing several times in the ambulance. And my mom – who worries anyways? I mean, even when I'm driving home from oh, yeah. Gonzaga, she worries about me, right? It nice. could be a sunny day. I got, Mom's you know, brand nightmare. new tires. <laughs> Mom's <laughs> she's still, nightmare, yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. so she's a worrier, and she decides to get in the ambulance with me, which was rough. But um, then I get to Harborview, eight-hour brain surgery. Hmm. Um, I was put into a medically induced coma for nine days um, and – Woke up. This is this is one of my favorite parts. This is so I woke up. I didn't know what happened. Right, inch and a half taller, and wow. twenty pounds lighter. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. You want to? Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. It was. Is that a is that a growth uh, weight loss plan we've got? I was that? I was gonna say something. I didn't want to get you in trouble, injury. but yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it was incredible to wake up. I was obviously just covered in bandages. I think I had six i don't know if they were all ivs i'm not a nurse i have no idea sure but they were the same thing right i had yeah. like six tubes oh yeah in my arms who that first shower taking those those band-aids off was that was rough <laughs> pretty gnarly yeah yeah that's the spiel that's what happened with uh with the scar on the back of my head so. yeah and your brother brother is okay yeah he is physically he's fine i while the physical part for me was rough the mental part really was just getting over a few – I mean, there was – you know, I'm in middle school. There's people that are saying – actually, there's a Facebook page that uh, said I was dead. Oh, God, which, no. Yeah, oh, which geez. was hilarious. Oh, we'll talk about but, social media. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure oh, we will. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, but besides that, I mean, there was, you know, some bullying going on. that People were saying, oh, like, you know, he's special now and uh, all this stuff. But besides that – that was for me it was pretty easy to get over because yeah. i knew it wasn't true and i you know i knew i'd been through something rough and i think my brother really struggles with the mental side of things i mean he remembers it right i don't i have a i have a you know constant reminder whatever you want to call it on the back of my head but i think it's cool because people ask me about <sighs> it you know it's like it's thin it's not ugly it's yeah. it's there it's i think it's cool you it's rock something. it bro hey i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> but in my brother i can't imagine what he has to go through living, like remembering it, remember seeing me on the ground. Like, cause if I saw him, it would haunt me every day, every sure, single day. Sure. Yeah, so, but. so we talk about ACEs adverse childhood experiences, mm-hmm. right? And many times those surround kids that have had adverse experiences repeatedly over and over and over again. Like families with, you know, active alcoholics or drug addicts, uh, feeling unsafe, feeling like they're, um, they're under bodily harm, uh, often. And it triggers that fight or flight, obviously the cortisol, the adrenaline when it really shouldn't. And it imprints this thing in their brain and their amygdala that really linked to PTSD. Mm. You were almost the lucky one in the sense, because you didn't, you didn't remember anything. Right. Yeah. (laughs) He has to live with the visual of seeing you in pain, you almost dying, stopping breathing. And then seeing your mother's reaction, her involvement can break anybody's heart. And if he's still really clinging on to that, um, that can affect him for the rest of his life. Right. And I think, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting to look at both him and I and the difference between our experiences from what I said earlier, yes, initially after there was like, you know, the bullying, whatever that I could kind of get over and make sense of why, what they were saying wasn't true. Hmm. Um, but I think moving on down the road, experiencing the long-term effects that I had from the surgery, uh, being attention, a ridiculously shattered memory. That was more of a, a, a long-term adverse experience. Whereas Shay's my brother was, one initial incident which really to me is kind of interesting because i i'm i don't we don't really talk about it too much even though we are i i've I've never met closer siblings i'm just curious like to how he how he thinks about it, how he actually feels it affects him because i know how the ongoing 
reminder that I have to work more and I have to work harder. I know how that's affected me, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, that's interesting that you bring up the, um, continuous adverse experience. Yeah. I'll keep coming back to that. Even though you basically had quote unquote, a normal childhood, whatever that is, definition is, right? Yeah. We all have our own things. Right. And, and that's yeah. all done in our stupid shit in our mm-hmm. day, of course. <laughs> uh, but then you, you have to deal with the, the after effects, right? Mm-hmm. You talked about that. First of all, what's it like to be in a coma? Well, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Um, it was, I remember after the week afterwards being exhausted, I, which is super ironic. You think you sleep for nine days. And, right. I don't think it's but, REM sleep. I, have, <laughs> no, I think I it's restorative, so. <laughs> like get your body healthy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> type of rest, um, not, not necessarily REM. It's really interesting. It's, it's real. I mean, even to this day, it's kind of surreal to be completely honest. Um, but I do remember being extremely, extremely tired and confused and trying to make sense of what was being told to me because what would, I mean, the first thing that was being told to me, I remember, and this is something I'm, I'm very, very fortunate of because typically I think what I was told is like the three days afterwards is kind of still, you're not going to really recall it. Yeah. And I don't really know how accurate that was, but I feel fortunate enough to remember pretty much everything from the second I woke up. And I remember the doctors telling me that I had saved my brother's life. And that was, wow. I don't like to talk about that part just because that's such a heavy thing. Mm. And it almost seems almost self-centered, self-righteous to me. Mm. But because at the end of the day, would I do it again a million times over being able to remember the things that were told to me after waking up was incredible because I was told that I was, especially about a week afterwards when I was looking at being released, they were telling me kind of what to expect. That was, I've never felt lower ever. Um, and I've made, I've done some pretty stupid stuff and feeling complete. I've never felt in my life completely helpless. I've always been pretty self-sufficient when they told me that I was looking at, you know, two to three years of speech therapy because I couldn't make a sentence, um, physical therapy because it was extremely hard for me to walk, possibly being held back in school for one to two years. I mean, what that does to a person's self-confidence and just drive, it diminishes it. It it kills you because, I mean, especially at that time of life, right? If you're going to tell me right now that I would have to be a fifth year in college, I'd be like, I mean, a lot of kids do that, right? So it's it's like, okay, well, that's rough, but I got other things going for me. I'm still going to get my degree. It's just a bump in the road. But if you're in seventh and, you know, somewhere between seventh and eighth grade and you're being told, hey, like you're not going to graduate with your friends, you're not going to graduate high school, you're going to be stuck here with, oh, like a bunch of, you know, 12, 13-year-olds, right? That's a different thing. It's a, it feels different. And it really just killed my self-confidence. And even when I ba- went back, I still had uh, this girl walk me from class to class. She was appointed to me as, I mean, she was my, like my best friend, which helped, right? But also didn't help because my best friend was used to being my best friend and not my caretaker. And that, again, just kind of pushes it further. A little demoralizing for sure. Right. Eighth grade, mm-hmm. you're 13. That's puberty. Yes. Yeah. Like, things are starting to fire. It's the thick of it, oh really. Oh, my God. You're starting to grow. Mm-hmm. Your brain is trying to heal. I mean, yeah. just being a um, someone that's not inflicted with, with such head trauma and, and need to heal within that uh, space in our life is as difficult as it is. And <laughs> if the listeners can remember to when they were 13 and, and in eighth grade, ninth grade, um, I struggled, struggled tremendously yeah. um, with self-confidence with you know wanting to fit in right i mean that's your that's really all middle school is is right you're focused on fitting in and finding (laughs) who you are really and that just having that torn away from you is it's because even the possibility of it happening was torn away it wasn't just like i was kind of an outcast because this this thing had happened right and i was different 
it was like that it wasn't possible for me to fit in because I wasn't at school. I didn't have the same class as everybody. I was sleeping. Even when I was at school, I would really just go to the nurse's office and sleep. Which further separates you from what's the norm, right? Right. And, and uh, everyone's so insecure at that age. And mm. we're growing and experiencing all these crazy feelings. And to point that out would take the pressure in the eyes off of certain people themselves being insecure. Mm-hmm. And so that you're an easy target, bro. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think, I mean, there was, like I said, there's a few kids, right, that pretty heartless sure um but they had I their own the, thing going on right yeah and uh you know, where they're at now i, I you know Who god knows? bless them yeah but uh maybe they're doctors and lawyers i don't know yeah, <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> uh, or incarcerated <laughs> could go either way or they may hear this and be like damn like i was a jackass listen because of my experience and, and you know, my own upbringing and insecurities and things that were afforded to me uh i picked on people Mm. i was a bully Mm. to to a degree but i also got bullied so and and we talk about that a lot now and i'm i have two kids and we're very cognizant of that and there are a handful of people i can think of i mean you know maybe two or three that i was not nice to i need to make amends i still have to make amends to people Mm -hmm. i'm a flawed human being i i mean everyone is <laughs> everyone, everyone is and, we're, we're a complicated yeah. species we do crazy shit yeah um and i continually need to uh make amends um not and it's not certainly from a bullying standpoint but mm-hmm. from an egotistical selfish standpoint the way that i act and i i portray myself at times because you know um, you know, I can be selfish and I, I, I and who, who gets in the way of being selfish, but other people. Right. So I've definitely, uh, continue my amends work yeah. on a well, daily basis. Yeah. I mean, I think you make an important point there, right? So, I mean, cause you're, and you know, you're one of the nicest people I know personally Thanks, and uh, yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you're sitting here saying that you bullied people, you know, and, and got bullied. I think it's, it's really easy to point the finger, especially nowadays when you you can sit behind a keyboard and talk about someone or talk about someone to your friends. Yeah. Right. And, uh, or say, you know, say, do something over the internet, whatever, or even if it's in person, I think it's under easy or important to understand that it's, it's really a spectrum. You have to, everybody messes up. I have been mean to people as I'm sure most people listening to this podcast can relate, right? At one point or another, you you mess up. Mm-hmm. But I think there's the important part is to understand that it's a process. It's a learning process. You're always always moving, always growing. At, at the end of the day, that's the most important piece is that if you want to make amends or you have that you know intuition that you, you recognize that you did wrong, and that's the important part is. Yeah. It's very easily overlooked, though especially with my generation, I think is it's very easy to give into that self-centeredness and say like, oh, I'm definitely in the right here. Right. I, I mean, oh, yeah. cause you know, cause most of the, and not to call out people my age, but uh, you can sit behind your phone and keyboard and just live vicariously through everything. Yeah. Right. And you can be the most popular person. You got 10,000 followers on Instagram. Right. Right. And, but it, you know, in real life, if you're rude, you're rude. Yeah. yeah, I think that's you can eviscerate somebody <laughs> just as easily as lift somebody up. And exactly, um, you know, it depends on how it makes you feel. If it's within your purview to, you know, tear somebody down that uplifts your spirit, you know, you're going to perpetuate that behavior. Yeah. And so easy to do. I mean, I talk about this with some of my colleagues is trolls, right? Mm-hmm. Trolls have lives. They have kids. They mm-hmm. have their, they come in all shapes and sizes. They're not necessarily some <laughs> old dude in his underwear in his mom's <laughs> basement, you know, just looking for people to destroy. Uh, right. Yeah. It can be grandmas and moms, and dads and uncles and that have an ax to grind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it can, it can be pretty brutal. Yeah. We all have our thing. We all have our outlet, and uh, to some, that is cathartic for them, as as evil and twisted and and dif- dysfunctional as it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you know, I don't believe in karma, but life is like a mirror, right? You smile at it; it smiles back at you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Burning Spear. <laughs> uh, huge reggae fan here, right? Uh, they'll put that out in the world, and and people can see that. You yeah. know, it's ingrained. We're 
biologically predisposed to detect threat, to detect uh, dissension in other people's eyes and their body language just to protect ourselves. It's just a humanistic evolutionary thing that we do and how important it is for us to do that, to stay alive. However, like we're not in the jungle, you know, worried about a tiger eating us now, Mm. but our body still acts like that in in many situations that we're in, um, even though our environment's changed and not a lot of things are life-threatening out there. Mm. Like as shitty as things are in this yeah. world that people like to, to, to blow up online, um, we're living in the safest time in all of oh, yeah. humanity. Right? But yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, you get a bad Instagram comment, you start sweating. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know why? That hurts my ego. Man. Yeah, it does. And that's <laughs> what I'm here. I think I got a super selfish gene. I'm, I'm looking to protect that sucker. And as soon as someone, you know, bam, criticize, I'm mm. like, oh God, that can just wear on me. Mm. You're 21. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot, a lot going on. Um, let's go back to the accident real quick, and then mm-hmm. we'll we'll jump right off of it. Mm-hmm. Was alcohol involved in all of this? Are you allowed to say? Uh, I don't know if I'm not allowed to say. It's speculated that yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. <laughs> now, let's fast forward now. Yep. What's your relationship with alcohol? Very casual. Okay. Very casual. I think much more casual than most college students. That really is primarily just due to working a lot. Uh-huh. Have I had too many one time or another? Absolutely. I'm a college student. And I come by it honestly. But am I tied to it? Absolutely not. Um, and actually, freshman year, I didn't drink. Huh. Uh, freshman year, I came in wholeheartedly focused on finding something that I can do that is more than just be a college student. I've always been very resentful of the idea that of just being a a student. I want to do something more. I know I can do something more and not doing that hurts me. And so I sacrificed, sacrifice is a really strong word because it's very easy not to drink for me when I'm working. And um, so I decided to stay in and, um, and look for, I mean, just try different avenues. I, I tried to start clothing brand, which I know quite a few people who have done that and failed, including myself. <laughs> um, You're not FUBU. And, uh, <laughs> oh, darn and um, I tried to start a website for like a travel company that was, uh, it was like a mix between a travel company and a, uh, social media. I tried to start it in an app, which actually got, um, shot down. Let's see. I tried to start a marketing agency um, for used car sales, being in that space taught me a lot. And I, I will always, always give credit to Johnny Nets and Eric Reef. Johnny Nets was the CEO of Zadart when it was founded. And Eric Reef is the current fleet manager and has mm. been there pretty much since the beginning, the beginning, mm. like very, very soon after the beginning, started as a photographer and worked his way up. It's awesome. Kids from my area, don't get into a space like that right. all a lot of the times. I really had no idea where to start. Um, my sort of entrepreneurial self-motivation sort of journey until meeting those guys and getting into that space right. because they taught me that you don't need, you don't need old money to get started. You don't need 24 hours in a day work ethic to do something important or big or for yourself. What do you need? You just need the guts to go do it. At the end of the day, and it's as simple as that sounds. Yeah, it's no. it's really gross. Yeah, absolutely, that, bro. That um, that, that's what it boils down to. But you're gonna go out. I mean, I've failed. Crazy. What I just listed four or five yeah. things that I've failed at. I've put I, I put a couple. I mean, I was a broke college student, so I scraped <laughs> like the thousand dollars I needed to like get some estimates for an app. What you know, start the app, whatever, and have them failed, lost money, every dime to my name, really. Um, but but let's look at the value, right? Of those and failures, and that's the whole right? thing is, I mean, failure is subjective. Sure. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. So fa- whatever. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Fa- because uh, <laughs> I would not be where I am today <laughs> if I was like, yeah. oh crap, I right. failed and it's over for right. me. Right. Whereas um, I've learned over time, where I've been in situations where I failed so miserably that I thought mm. I'd never come out of it, and yeah. those were bleak, bleak times. But I lived. Yeah survived and then now in this later age and we'll get back to the point we were talking about before Mm -hmm. is criticism and understanding where we are in this world what's 
perpetuating us to be successful or at least pushing us to the next thing after that failure is that there's so much to be learned from each one of those failures and yeah. um, whether it comes to starting a business inventing the light bulb for gosh sakes yeah. i mean thousands and thousands of tries and mm-hmm. here we are uh, well, and, <laughs> and when each time you yeah. fail you learn something that's the thing though is okay and and this is something that i'm very very passionate about is all those a lot of those cliche sayings right like oh learn from your mistakes the more and more that you experience quote unquote failure the more that that makes sense to you because every time you fail if you don't change a thing you're going to hate everything i mean mean, you're going to hate life right you have to sit down and learn from your mistakes and recognize when the tables are starting to turn negative Mm. in your current project just like they did in your last project that you failed on and switch it nip it it right in the butt yeah 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 and so learn how to pivot learn when to do it it's about timing it's about you know organization and being well versed in what you're doing I think because I've gotten into so many projects that I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's part of, I think being successful is again, having the guts to go do it. Don't get caught in analysis paralysis and (laughs) that's killed me, but uh, go do it, but don't be an idiot about it. Right. You know, get yourself out there, go learn about it. And then, I mean, as something as small as go get an internship in the field that you're looking for, because that's going to teach you the ins and outs of the industry. Yeah. Right. If you want to start something new yourself, that's when you got to just take the dive. You just got to go. It's scary. You got to go. For, it's scary, but you're going to learn a ton. That's awesome. So, so let's learn, talk about learn the support. From learn from your mistakes, yeah. but then there has to be support along the way, right? It can be, um, there's a very fine line between relying on outside support and internal support. And this is also something I'm so big on. This was something I was fortunately taught from a very, very young age. Um, Who taught it to you? My dad. Okay. Yeah, which I don't give my dad a whole lot of credit for a lot of things, but I give him credit for helping me. My dad and my mom. My mom has always believed in me, always. Um, and until about a couple of years ago, I really just chalked that up to her being my mom. <laughs> As a lot of kids do. I mean, your mom tells you, oh, your mom tells you you're handsome and stuff, and like, you might be looking terrible that day. So yeah, yeah, right. Tyler, you're handsome, bro. I think. I'm looking at you right now. You're a good looking guy. (laughs) Um, Check out my Instagram, everybody. You can see him. There'll be a picture posted of Tyler and I. He's a handsome dude. Taken Uh, at this moment. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, Um, so my mom has always believed in me, but from the earliest age, my dad. But it really boils down to you got to believe in yourself first and foremost. Before you look for outside support, I would say look at what you're doing as doing it by yourself and for yourself. Don't do it for social support. Don't do it for like social media numbers, first of all, because that's a huge, huge problem with people my age, right? They're doing a lot of stuff, a lot of stupid stuff for Instagram views. numbers. it can, I mean, yes, if you um, want to say like, Hey, can... I'm, I'm guilty in a sense and I'm mm. twice your age, but within that realm, I'm, I've done it because I'm told that that can help my cause. Like we were talking about before, there's criticality that comes with that, of course. And then you have to be careful about the steps and what you put out there. I think people are putting their credibility and, and their sometimes their lives at risk yeah. for just for those numbers. Right. If that's and what you're getting at. Yeah, that is 100% what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, like you said, there's a fine line, right? So if mm-hmm. you're, you just, yeah, just don't be stupid, right? <laughs> that's really what it boils down to. But um, Great advice. <laughs> and yeah, so that's another <laughs> cliche saying that I'm if you- i get that tattooed on my wrist. Yeah, don't be stupid. There you go. <laughs> my wife might want me to get that tattooed um, on my wrist. Your support's going to come in a lot of different ways. It's not always going to be someone sitting down and telling you how precious you are to them. It's going to be from people telling you it's all going to be okay. My mom has been a big support system for me because um, I'll call her every time something fails. <laughs> she'll she'll get a call when I'm and I'm frantic. I'm oh I'm pissed and it's just mom mom like I I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know what I want to you know all this stuff and just rambling about how frustrating failure is and how much I hate what I'm doing currently and. All she's ever said to me was, honey, it's going to be okay. And that is so, that is so, so powerful because it's, it's true. And I, that's what I tell to my girlfriend. That's what I tell to my friends is every time, oh, I don't want to know what I want to do. I don't have a job offer after college. I don't know. I'm not going to graduate on time. Look at the big picture. Okay. Yeah. Look at, yes, you're micro-focused during your project, but look at the big picture. It's all going to be okay. And that's what you're going to hear a lot from your support systems whatever journey you're on. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You don't have to start a company. You don't have to do what I do. You don't have to 
anything. Yeah, I mean, you could. There's nothing wrong with being a college student. There's that is like that's their job. It's, it is their job, and it's actually incredible because I think for a lot of people, it's becoming very hard to understand like how much you pay for college. Me personally, I like I pay for my own college, and that's uh, right. That's rough. I know exactly Especially, what what, what on, you're doing. Where I do, with. yeah, it's rough. And I'll, there's so many. Yeah. There's so much stuff out there about these YouTubers and about these Instagram famous people getting, you know, millions of dollars to make videos and everybody wants to do that. Of course you'd rather do that. Of course you'd rather but do that. But that feeds into the necessity to get that fame, that those numbers, because they feel like it's a livelihood thing, not just socially, right. but maybe they can monetize that in, right. in some way, shape, They or form. can, but we don't have room for a million right. YouTubers. And where I was going with that is more so the pressure that it puts on hmm. people because I felt that pressure, the pressure that it puts on students is showing them, Hey, you don't need to go to college. There are so many things out there, even stock trading, right? What I do is there's so many people saying, Oh, why would you go to college? If you can make a thousand dollars a day, day trading, you know, these three times leverage ETFs, that is not for everyone. And I'm going to tell you right now, 99% of this population does not have the stomach to do it. I barely have the stomach to do it. And I mean, it's, there's rough water sometimes, right? It's not realistic. YouTube is not necessarily realistic. It takes a lot of money. It takes some brains and some guts to go do it. So college is really a lot more impressive nowadays, especially, and it's also getting harder. I mean, I'm just going to say that, you know, it's getting, academia is, it's, it's not easy. And so I, I don't ever want to put down college students it just for me personally and this is what you're all about right for me personally what makes you tick if you need to be in college be the best college student you can be if if, if grades is what makes you tick i know people like that for some people a 4-0 that's their whole life and that's what makes them happy and go for it but then there's the other pressures and circling back to criticism and insecurities yep. and the roadblocks that come up along the way that, that are unforeseen, uh, victim mentalities, alcohol, oh. parties, <laughs> the social aspect. Oh my gosh, it's on and on and on. Um, and there needs to be a support system for that, obviously. Mm-hmm. We were talking about 20-year-olds mm-hmm. and how they deal with that. And um, if they're going to put themselves out there, they better damn well be prepared to absorb what comes back at them yeah because what's really going on is we can only control what we recognize and can control and don't try to control what you can't right certainly other people you cannot control (laughs) we've we've learned that exactly time and time again so i have a very easy system for taking statements or comments right yeah quote unquote advice particularly when it comes from someone that you know and love and And that's that's tough and what about the you know, comments that come from people that you don't know. Um, just ignore it. It's, it's, it's that simple. Ignore it. And is you have to believe in yourself beyond any other measure. You have to. And you know that more than, than I think a lot just because of your prior experience. Um, very fortunate. Just share a little bit about what if you were going to get in a fist fight, someone punch you in the head. (laughs) Well, uh, that would not end well for me. Right. Um, I was taken out of pretty much everything. What would uh, happen? So you get a line drive right at the noggin. Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm pretty much done for. They uh, done for as in uh, either dead or like a uh, uh, vegetable. Like Jesus. yeah. So it's uh it's very very scary. Okay. Um, and I've had a couple situations where, um, you know, people said that they would fight me. Right. I don't put myself in that position. Okay. Um, that's a that's a that's a selfish gene. Like, hey, let's stay alive. How am I going to negotiate out uh, yeah. of this situation? But it's I would say it's not selfish. Hear me out. Okay. Right. So <laughs> I live to serve. Like my I live to be a good boyfriend, a good brother, and a good son. That is my entire life. I, oh that's just that's what makes me tick. <laughs> and so if I were to be put in that situation, I'd be taking a lot from the people around me. In my opinion, I, I you know, so sure. I look at it as like a, my mom's not going to get her, her ranch house or her Bentley. If, <laughs> <laughs> if I don't right? know. Yeah. <laughs> Got to have goals to reach. Right, them, right? Exactly. So, uh, but that's but, self-preserving too. It is. Right. Yeah, so in all seriousness, it you is. know, guys can be jerks and we have this testosterone thing going on mm-hmm. and we have a masculinity thing. And I know you and I in especially the past college boys, especially yeah. college boys, some crazy, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> some animals. Right. And and they're just trying to figure it out too. They're just trying to their relationship with this lifestyle is pretty young too. It's in its mm-hmm. infancy with whether it's their relationship with alcohol, whether it's relationship with mm-hmm. other men, or women, friendships. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about the essential relationship. I'm just saying like relationships like how are we gonna live in this culture together yeah right it's incredibly complex just like we talked about yeah. and we're bringing in all kinds of shit from our from our past um that is culminated and sometimes magnified when you leave home and yeah. and you're here almost feel exposed you don't have the uh luxury to puff out your chest at a bar and get in someone's yeah. face and be like all right for your own self-preservation walk away yeah or talk yourself out of it. Or yeah. you can get in a fight, which potentially, over something really stupid, can hurt I you I mean, I have... Bad. Yeah. I, the whole thing is, kill your ego. Be smart. Let's look at tomorrow, right? If tonight, I, I go out to a bar. Someone doesn't like me. And they start talking about, you know, my girlfriend or my family, my friends, right? And to me, and for some reason, they want to they wanna throw down. I think about the future all the time. I'm going to throw my ego aside. I'm not going to puff out my chest. I'm not the biggest dude. Like, it is what it is. And I'm not going to pretend like I am the biggest dude. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm as stupid as the person trying to fight me. But I'm going to walk away from that a lot healthier than I would have been stretched away from it. Right? So I... I think the definition of masculinity and puffing out your chest is changing over time. And I think... I agree. I 100% agree. I think it needs to. As I do my research, I'm finding that's a big part of it. Like, what are males doing? And what types of support systems are in Mm -hmm. place for them as they maturate through this crazy period of time? Amygdala uh, forming and all these decisions that they're making can, can be you know super impactful on their lives but like voice of reason empathy sympathy being able to listen and communicate that's all part of the aggressive nature and the frat bro thing too right and i mean even like traditionally over masculine people like how greek systems work sometimes it's changing yeah you know i and i think a lot of people it if you are someone or if someone were to do something over masculine or, or trying too hard to be what, what they think a man is, right? Like a fifties definition of what a man is. A lot of people will start clowning on you. A a lot of people will. I mean, they're just going to be like, Oh, I hope she sees whatever you're doing, man. Like whoever you're trying to impress because nobody over here is impressed. I'm not disconnected with that. I just, I have no idea really how to like exemplify it, but (laughs) that's what makes you a man though. Well, in my eyes, as a 40 year old looking back, times have changed so much. That's what I believe makes you the one with the upper hand, the one with reasoning and, and the opposite sex or your partner or whoever it is, your girlfriend too, most likely looks at that as security as opposed to if you were the one to be the strongest dude and picking fights all the time, mm-hmm. like be, back in the day, yeah, maybe there's like, oh, my boyfriend, he's jacked. He'll kick anybody's butt. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> where now it's like, I don't want to be put in that situation. So my boyfriend's good right. at like being reasonable yeah. and not getting into those situations in the first <laughs> place. So now well, I feel safe in that regard. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, I'll give you guys a hint out there. Girls do not like that. Most <laughs> girls do not like that. What is attractive about coming home with a bruised face, or better yet, bruising someone else's face? That's a dick move. Like I, you know, totally. I mean, dude, two plus two equals four. I'm big on that. Common sense, you know. Nickels, dimes, and quarters, baby. That's don't go picking fights. <laughs> Stupid. Nice. Yeah. I want to take a moment and recognize the music I use for YRF. It's a song called Rescue from the Movement, one of my all-time favorite bands. I've gotten tons of inspiration and energy from these guys over the years. This song comes from their 2016 album, Golden. A very special thanks to manager Reed Foster, lead singer and guitarist Josh Swain, bassist Jason Schmidt, drummer Gary Jackson, and keyboardist Matt Goodwin. They just released Ways of the World, their newest album in 2019. It's bonkers. It's a zero surprise that it hit number one on the Billboard Reggae chart. You can check it out on Spotify and iTunes. Their Instagram is the Movement Vibe, and their website is themovementvibe.com. So, thank you, gentlemen, for being along this journey with me. It means an incredible amount. I love you. Keep it up, and let's get back to Tyler. Success. 
success. Uh, it rarely is, very rarely. And any entrepreneur that tells you that they, you know, their first uh, company was a hit, either had massive funding or was extremely, extremely lucky. So, um, <laughs> well, so yeah, we happens. talked about that happens. Right. That happens sometimes, but right. again, more often than not, like you say, there are those yeah. out there. One of my heroes, Aubrey Marcus. Mm. Uh, I mean, he tried and tried. He owns On It Supplement Company. Very successful. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, incredible. Yeah. He's got an amazing podcast. I That's love a good him. space to be in also. The oh, supplement well, companies. It's really interesting. Wonderful. And he has taken um, a great approach, a very holistic, mm-hmm. natural approach to the whole thing. Not only that, but um, he's very spiritual in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, which really makes his podcast and the guests he has on them extremely interesting. One of the most impactful books that I've read um, is Own the Day. I bought it just because I'm like, you know, I could do better on my health and yeah. be more cognizant of it. I we got all some, can. <laughs> we all can. <laughs> right? Again, that's our drive to right. want to survive and, and be more healthy mm-hmm. for, for us, but also look the part too. Yeah. Right? If you want to be healthy in business, you have to be healthy in your body, in your mind and soul. We are all... Uh, Sick in our own ways, <laughs> but but as long as we're cognizant of it and working on it all the time, I think that's that's really critical. He has an innate sense to tap into that, right? Which made has made him a, a true success, right? And that's amazing for some people. Um, but like we were talking about, I have met many people that don't know the first thing about entrepreneurship. And uh, when I started, I didn't know. I mean, I really didn't qualify it as oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to go do something. I was just like, I want my name on something I want to be proud of, mm-hmm. you know, proud of myself. It's not always innate for people. It is a learned behavior, really. And it's something that is not, so this is also something we touched on, which is an entrepreneurship major, which is fine, but it's not enough. It's reading a book is not enough. You have to have action. You have to go. And this sounds like so many YouTube videos that are like, how to be, don't you have to have action, you know, blah, blah, Watch blah. So many. But, right, yeah, I, I mean, I've watched thousands of them, right? And you have to have action because you're going to learn, not because that's what's going to create success. It will in the long run, but it's, it's what's going to teach you how to be a successful entrepreneur. You can be an entrepreneur, but you can also be a really shitty one, right? <laughs> yeah. you, can go out, you can go out and hemorrhage a million dollars and just, you call yourself, oh, I started a company. I you got my name on something. Right, but that's great. Um, and I guess it's not all about making money. If you want to split hairs, you can start a nonprofit and all that stuff. Sure. But in the traditional sense, you need to learn somehow. And a book is not going to teach you everything because business is absolutely ruthless and finding your passion and creating something that you're proud of is, is a tough road. It's got bumps and you need to learn what those are in reality, not just from what someone in like, you know, 1975 wrote in real time. Yeah. In real time. And I mean, things are changing, right? So every, I mean, just my generation knows very well. And I'm sure your generation knows even better how much things can change because of technology. I mean, it's crazy, right? I grew up with it, which I am forced. I'm still really besides like Excel. I'm pretty bad with technology, but better than you give yourself. I I appreciate that. But yeah, like things are going to change again like that in our lifetime and you need to be ready for it and no, no book is going to teach you it because it's going to be brand new right. you need to get out there and do it right that's a good point so. and not only that but we're all sort of entrepreneurial in a sense right we're yeah. all trying to make our own path and, 100% and yeah, doing it and learning it there's a spectrum be again yeah. whether you're a history major or biology yeah. major science computer information technology whether you're going <laughs> into the trades and yeah. getting a one-year certificate and getting out yeah. there and becoming a millwright or cnc operator making shout out to my foreman's yep Right. <laughs> they call it the skill trades and, and there's yeah. a skills gap for a reason. Um, many people aren't putting themselves out there and taking that risk, going down those paths where yeah. they could be completely successful right. if the four year path isn't right for them. And it's um, not for everyone. It, it isn't. And, and But some education, and I've always stressed this, some education after high school is not only necessary, it's critical. Something. Yeah. They got, you got to, you got to learn, yeah. you got to learn something new and you got to take a risk. Why do you think that is? What, what about it makes it, what like attributes of post high school education make it critical? We all have an idea of how we want to live in our lives. Mm-hmm. We all have this beautiful dream and um, the scenario that we see ourselves in five to 10 years, mm-hmm. how we're going to achieve that. Yeah. The only way to do that is to capitalize on opportunity. The only way to capitalize on opportunity is to learn, put yourself out there and take that risk. And we, I think we're living in a time where 
that's it's scary. It's uncertain. Yeah. Uh, this isn't the only uncertain time we've had in history. No, no Come not on. by any means. I, right. Yeah. Like, uh, I talked to my dad growing right. up in the 50s and 60s. Right. Crazy, yeah. crazy shit was happening, oh, man. Insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. Cuban Missile Crisis. And it's, they were doing, like, <laughs> hide under your desk drills, for God's yeah, sakes. Yeah. And, and that was uncertain times for them. We're just living in a different version of that yeah. now. But having that criticality, understanding, like, okay, I got to do something. Mm. Because of the opportunities out there, that that is the only way yeah. to really do it. YouTube star, maybe right. Um, it's a blue moon. Something to try for sure. Go go sure. try it, but don't have a safety net. That's something my mom always taught me: is college no. is my safety net. Or maybe have that just as a, a little component of your business. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's going to teach you something valuable. Are you going to do YouTube too? I will be starting YouTube in the spring. Okay, what's it going to? What, what are you going to do? I am going to be primarily doing well okay so i'm huge into cars um and ultimately i just want to say this before anything if if anybody's out there thinking about starting a youtube channel i've done a lot of work with a bunch of youtubers uh whether it be social media marketing bringing them along on company trips anything they let their audience choose their topics that is a very very important if you don't have a very set niche which i think you do which is kind of a leg up um getting into the space but i think a lot of people oh i want to do makeup tutorials or I want to do car videos, which is something I want to do. I want to do car videos, but ultimately I have a lot more to give than that. I have, I, in my opinion, right. I, and I want to give back. I want to help people that I think were in my position or in a worse position and tell them, Hey, just cause you don't, your family doesn't have old money. doesn't mean that you can't make it. There's so many ways to get, you know, wealthy in in many ways, you know, health, wealth, love, and happiness, right? Get successful, be happy. There's a lot of ways to be more than your parents were. Um, and so that's what I want to focus on is kind of those how to's as well as following my journey in real estate investing. Cause I plan to buy my first rental property here in the next year, 18 months, but I will not sit back and put on a face for YouTube, you know, the what's up YouTube? I'm not going to be doing that. You know, <laughs> I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be like, what's up? Like, I want to talk to you guys. Merch. About- oh, merch. Yeah, I- You're no. a merch oh dealer, bro. God, give me buy a my break. Merch. Yeah. Buy Every my 15 merch. Second, buy my merch. Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. by the way, if anyone's listening here, you can buy your real frequency merch <laughs> <laughs> at your real frequency.com. <laughs> oh my God. T-shirts and hats, so everybody. Yeah. I'm buying a hat. You Thanks for the that. segue, bro. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah, go buy that merch. But, um, yeah. So, I don't know. I want to be very authentic. And I honestly, just from my experience and other things that I do, I, I would guess that YouTubers start out like that yeah. and kind of morph into, again, what their audience wants. My my goal is really to stay true to who I am, which I don't think should be too hard right. considering what I've had to learn thus far. If I was coming from a wealthy family in LA, I think it'd be a lot harder not to sell out, Sure, but I'm not. It's easy to say that stuff when you didn't work for it. Right. And it's also easy to say before it happens, right? So right. you never know. But that's my goal is right. to be more of a help than anything. And and to come from money as well. I mean, it shouldn't be something shameful either. No, no, 100% right? it shouldn't be. And, and, and just to be able to not just appreciate it, but know how to deal with it, know how to act as a human if being. If anything, it might be harder yeah. Because, yeah, you, they, because from a very young age, <laughs> when I was in fourth grade, I sold like two Hot Wheels <laughs> and a stuffed bunny. Right. to this kid for like $32. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. And I remember going, because my dad's always been about money, but he never gave me, didn't give me shit. And, uh, <laughs> so I got in his truck. In right. I, okay. I got in his truck and I was like, dad, look at the money I made today. Thinking he'd be like hyped. And he made me take it back and give it to the kid. I was oh. so mad. But uh, that <laughs> exemplifies, right? I have thought about hustling and like right. kind of getting my own since a very young age. <laughs> People who come from a wealthy family are given everything up until, I mean, at least 18, right? At, right. And if you're wealthy enough, you're going to be set for life. You don't know how to do anything. Yeah. You're, you're never, you're never, not to say never, but it's, it's harder to become self-sufficient. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I feel for those people. That's yeah. because as as many things that I've been through, I wouldn't trade them for the world. People are like, oh, if you, you, know, you go back, like that sucks. Like I wish it wouldn't happen to you. I'd, and I just tell them like, what? <laughs> yeah. I would, I would do it over again. It's taught me. The things that you've learned from oh, yeah. are so valuable. Yeah. You can't learn it in any other way. People are rarely going to recognize how 
strong and developed you actually are. So it's got to be for yourself. It's it, you right. can't expect other people to praise you. It's got everything's got to be just to make yourself proud. And pushing uh, through. Right. One thing I've noticed in working for myself, having my own my own gig is. It's yeah. my own insecurities. Yeah. It's yeah. working through. I'm going through that right now. Oh, it's, dude. It's terrible. The 3 a.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. to 3.30 a.m. thing for me. I'm <laughs> lying in bed going through all the little things, like checking off the stupid list in my head, like yeah. I'm going to accomplish something, sweating, hearts palpitating. Yeah. And then finally, yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, I think I, I got it all figured out. And then yeah. I go back to sleep. I wake up at 6 in the morning. I'm like, what was that all about? I got this. Yeah, exactly. You and know, it, the yeah, support. it ebbs and flows. It sure does. Right, yeah. And and I can see why many entrepreneurs don't make it. And, and there's a lot of excuses out there. Right. Oh, I just didn't have the sport. I didn't have the money. What it really was is they didn't have the fortitude. You didn't or, believe in yourself. Yeah. You didn't believe in yourself. Right. And that's that's sad. Another cliche. It, it just it's so important because it's easy to say like, oh, I definitely believe in myself for sure. Like, it's easy to say that, but until you know what that means, you're not going to get anywhere how you believe in yourself my and so yeah that how was, you, that entrepreneurial spirit and yeah being able to monetize whatever you have whatever skill whatever experience yeah. you have 110 percent 110 percent buddy yeah. thank you man absolutely Thanks tyler for me you're on. incredible i love you brother <laughs> I love you too. thank, <laughs> thank you. you so much for coming in yeah. it means uh, it means a lot to me appreciate and, uh, it thank you're gonna you. do some amazing great things let's keep us posted okay we'll do you want to plug your uh insta yeah absolutely tyler lee on instagram Follow me if you want some car stuff. If you want some little self-help in college. Please. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you. you what a fresh perspective Tyler's given us. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate your time and your honesty, your being open and uh, really genuine about your experience. Uh, listen, Tyler might not be the spokesman for all millennials, but honestly, it gives us hope. He is strong. Um, he's going to make mistakes in his life, but it sounds like he's got a great foundation and he learns from them, which is all we really can ask for. Because as an adult, as a 41-year-old, I'm still making mistakes on daily. Uh, he gives me a lot of inspiration to keep going and to make the right decisions. So thank you everybody again for your time. Uh, like and subscribe and share and we will see you next time. <laughs>